You all right? My name's Paul, and I've got autism. Um, before I get on with this one, um, I just want to do a quick update from the last video because it was about low mood, um, and I was feeling terrible. I feel, felt like I'd been hit by a ton of bricks. I felt really flat, um, all because of this small work issue. Um, and that's kind of half and half rectified at the minute. Um, there's a lot going in my favor for it, and there's a lot more arguments I have. Uh, but the good news is I never had to pull out the autism card. And that's something I despise the idea of. You know, I don't like people who would pull out a race, religion, autism, whatever. You know, you should never need to pull something out to earn favor um, because people should just listen to you and give it merit based on its good and bad points. That's how people should be. Um, so I'm really glad I never had to sort of go, do you know what? You're not listening. Autism card. But I learned something from the conversation, and that is all I ever do is speak far too quick. And the reason I speak too quickly is because I'm always fearful that I'm not going to get my point out. You know, people interrupt all the time because everyone believes what they have to say is far more important than what the next person has to say. And I realized while I was having these conversations with this person, over Teams meetings, that she wasn't interrupting me. And it was only after a short period I thought, she's actually letting me speak. This is crazy. And I, and I know everybody's meant to let you speak, but she was about the only person I've spoken to in the past couple of years who's just let me get my point out. And it helped me get my point out. I, I was able to tell her a story rather than trying to find the power words before I was interrupted. Um, so something as simple as a little conversation has helped highlight something for me of how much I try to cram in in a short space of time with, you know, with my verbal communication because I'm just so bothered that people don't listen to me. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a topic for another time, but I've probably just covered it, haven't I? <laughs> anyway, um, you wonderful people, I've decided to go deep and personal now with what I want to talk about because there's no airs and graces on me. I want to be open with you. I want to share and I want to try to see whether these, what the decisions I make in life were autism based or whether they were common sense based, which I believe the story I'm about to tell you is based around common sense. Whereas because of the outcome, everybody I've spoken to, and let's say I spoke to a hundred people just for simple math, uh, about 98% of them have said I'm wrong for how I ended this story, you know, my, my approach to this story. And I, to this, this must have happened a couple of years ago, but to this day, I still don't see how I'm incorrect. So let me tell you the story. Settle down, kids. Let's, uh, you know, take a seat, get yourself a drink. Let's, uh, you know, let's settle in. Story time. Sorry, I'm a bit, I'm a bit bonkers today. This is boredom for you. I just ended up uh, losing the plot. So, and I'm going to have to paint a backstory as well, otherwise it will make no sense. But a couple of years ago, my biological dad, bunny ears for the word dad, because he was never around, he died. And I wasn't bothered because I'd never met the guy, didn't know him, I'd never seen him. 
so it was just like telling me that, um, you know, the milkman's not coming today, he's coming tomorrow. Or, um, you know, oh, you're a, you know, you didn't lock your car. All right. Blip, blip. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is it had nothing on it. There was no relevance to it because I didn't know who this person was. So the reason I was, and these are the reasons why I wasn't bothered either, which I'll tell you. But, you know, there is a point to all of it. There's a point to everything. So when I was a kid, like a young child, like nursery age to like before you start high school, I remember that we had no money. There was only me and my mum. We had no money. And um, it wasn't a fun time, you know, like I was... For some stupid reason, when I was a kid, brand names were everything. You know, like, even if you shopped at the wrong shop, you know, you would get bullied at school. So, like, if, I mean, I, I apologize if people don't know the brands or remember any of these shops I'll say, but, you know, like now, you know, if you're shopping in Asda, then that's the average. You know, you're allowed to shop in Asda, you get your Asda price, but you're not allowed to buy Asda's basic brands. You know, if you shop at Sainsbury's, you're considered as moving up a tier from Asda. And if you shop at Waitrose, it's like, oh, you know, that's the place. That's the best shop that is. But people are just basing it on cost. You know, what I can buy in Asda for a pound, if I go to Waitrose, I'm paying £2.50 for it. But it's the same thing. So what am I paying for? But, you know, when I was a kid, like there was a shop called Netto. And if you shopped at Netto, you were a tramp, you know, and that's what you get called in school. Oh, you tramp, you're shopping at Netto, ew. <laughs> you know, so you kind of, you know, and I remember pleading with my mum, like, oh, don't ever shop at Netto. I don't want to get bullied for that, you know. Uh, and, you know, that was just what the kids were. For some bizarre reason, my upbringing, everything was about brands, you know. So I remember this kid in my school, he would wear the best trainers, and I had the worst trainers on because we had no money. And I got bullied relentlessly for it. And I would beg my mum for trainers. And I couldn't get them because we had no money. You know, I got my clothes from my cousin. I've got a cousin who's three years older than me. And I would have his hand-me-downs. Like every Christmas, I'd get this big bag of his clothes. And I was dead excited because his second-hand clothes were my first-hand clothes. And I was just super excited to get clothes. You know, I just wish I had the brand names, not because I wanted them, but I just didn't want to get bullied. You know, that was just something which is a horrible, horrible thing. And if you're a bully, you're a piece of trash. Um, it's just a disgusting thing to do. There's no need for it. And trust me, from someone who's been on the receiving end of it for many years, especially growing up, the way it makes the person feel can't be put into words. It's horrible. And um, I, I remember, you know, more no, no monies, you know, no money stories. Me and my mum would live in the living room of, of the flat that we had because we couldn't afford to heat the house. So we could only afford to heat one room. And by that, I don't mean we had the heat, you know, we didn't have the fire on all day or anything like that. My mum would bring a bed into the living room and that's where we would sleep. So for the cold months, we would live in one room. 
You know, the kitchen would get used just to make the food, but the entire flat was freezing. You know, and it was you know a while ago when I was a kid, but this is when we had the single pane windows. There was no central heating. So it was just so, so cold. Um, you know, and I remember sitting in, in the house with a coat on. You could see your breath, like when you're outside and it's cold. And we would have, like, we had an electric fire, which had like three uh, panels to it. And we would only ever have the middle panel on because that was the cheapest. And we would only have it on until the room was, you know, until it took the breath away. <laughs> and then it had to go off again because we couldn't afford to heat it. And, you know, if you needed the toilet, you would have to open the, the door as quick as you could, squeeze out the door and close it behind you as fast as you could to try and keep the heat in the room because we had no money. We didn't go on holidays. We didn't have a car. You know, even the food wasn't the nicest. I remember, you know, it wasn't like we had the branded uh, foods either. You know, it was uh, it was difficult. And it was so difficult that my mum ended up almost dying from a stress-induced illness. And if it wasn't for my uncle coming around on that day and seeing how ill she was, I'm pretty sure the doctor said if she'd have lost a quarter of a pint more of blood, she would have died. So and the rate she was losing the blood was if she, basically a day later she'd have been dead. So if it wasn't for my, for my uncle going on that day, she wouldn't be here. You know, And that was a stress-induced illness because of how poor we were, how we couldn't have anything, we couldn't do anything, trying to live week to week. You know, can I afford to pay my bills this this week and this month? And I hope there's a sale on these foods because I can't afford them. It was hard, very, very hard. And then fast forward a few years, because I, obviously I can't keep you here for, for hours. Um, you know, high school years, you know, we, we weren't loaded, you know, we, but we weren't as poor as we were. But then there was also more variety and variety makes prices drop because people want you to buy things from them so when i did start to get branded clothes because it was still a huge problem for my school everything had to be branded um it was the cheapest of the best name you know so it'd be a case of hey, hey look there's the, the still there's still nike you know um or nike depending on where you are in the world however you pronounce it and it was just not still wasn't the best you know i remember this coat i had um, which was dirt cheap, but it was a Nike Nike uh, coat. And that was out the way it was until I was old enough to work and buy my own stuff. Um, and then I realized I was buying branded clothes because I still had that fear from school. You know, and it took me forever to sort of get out of it, uh, to be honest. <clears throat> and if I wear branded clothes now, it's not for the name that's on it. It's because of the way it feels. Because the autism, if any, you know, a lot of people with autism, there's a sensory issue with clothing and how it feels on you. Um, like, does anybody else wear the socks inside out because they don't like that rib on the toes digging into them? You know, that's, that's something a lot of people with autism do. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to start tailing off here if I don't stay on track. Um, anyway, I will. I will I'll, I'll, I'll end that bit there because what I'm telling you this, this backstory for is where was my dad? Where was my father? Where was, where was anybody for assistance? Nowhere. 
nowhere at all. My dad was ordered to pay child support and he quit his job so he didn't have to. That doesn't sound very nice, does it? Um, he signed his rights over to me, not to me, of me, to my mum when she took him to court to basically say that if I ever needed a big operation or if they want, you know, my mum wanted to change my surname or whatever it was, then we didn't need his permission or to include him or consider him, whatever you have to do in them situations. And he happily signed it over. Wasn't a problem. He just had nothing to do with us. And the final sort of judgment on him was he had to pay five, five pounds a year child support. And he never paid that either. He never, ever, ever paid a single penny towards me. And it's not just about the money. You know, that would have really helped in them young years. Even if it was £20 a month, maybe we could have had the heating on. Instead of one bar, we could have had it on two bars. Maybe it could have just bought me that pair of school pants I needed. Because if I got a rip in a pair of pants, they had to be sewn up. And I had to hope for the best. If I grew out of a pair of my trousers, then they had to be short trousers. You know, you couldn't just get more. My uh, my small toe on my left foot curls under because there was times where my trainers were that small because my feet grew that my toes started to get affected. I mean, mum couldn't afford trainers, you know. So it's, where, where was it? Where was that financial support? It was nowhere. But then when I got older, you know, I'm a guy. I like girls, you know. I don't want to talk about that with my mum. You know, that's where you should have had your dad, where your dad can talk to you about the birds and the bees and about girls. And obviously, as you get older, you like women, unless you're a dirty, freaky pedo. Um, you know, and, and that was never there. You know, there was never a dad coming to my basketball games. There was never a dad to come and play football with me on the field. None of that. So it's not even about the money. It's about the time spent, that all the selfless time spent that you should want to spend with your kids, was never there. Never there. Never there. And then obviously as you get older, you know, your, your, your life choices, your, you know, where am I going to live? How am I going to afford things? Uh, what type of work should I do? You know, and you, yeah, I can speak to my mum about that, but that's what your two parent things for. So you've got somebody else's opinion and you can formulate the best one that works for you. Never there. So that was a... Uh, that just was how it was, you know? So there was no male role model influence sort of growing up for me. And why have I told you all this? It's because I need you to understand that this person wasn't a good person. Um, had no morals, you know, no respect, um, no consideration for anyone outside of him and his wallet and his time. And then my mum found out he died. And she found out because these two women went to our old house, then they went to where my mum works, and then they gave their details to a woman who my mum works with, and that lady passed them on to my mum. And my mum contacted them because she's so curious. I don't have any curiosity in me. Unless it says my name or it drops through my front door, I'm not bothered. And that might sound selfish, 
but it isn't because I'm not doing it to the detriment of anyone. I just, I have to make sure I'm all right first because it's a crazy world out there and I've got no interest in getting in the fights that have got nothing to do with me. Um, so my mum contacted these two people and was like, why are you looking for me? And one of them told them that my dad had died. And my mum said, all right. And it turns out that these women were looking for me. One of them was my dad's sister, so would be my auntie, who I've never met, heard of, seen, don't even know her name. And they were looking for me because when my dad died, he didn't have any money and he'd not covered a funeral cost. And they wanted, were looking for me so I would pay for his funeral. Now, hopefully, your reaction is, what? <laughs> How rude is that? How disrespectful. How the audacity of someone to dare come to you and ask for money. And if that's your response, that's my response too. I, I share that response. I, I found it funny that someone would think that they could dare come to me and ask to pay for his funeral. And in a way, I, I wanted to write these people a letter to just basically say, I've heard someone you care about has passed away and you're looking for me to pay for his funeral. Um, please find a check enclosed. You know, this, this check was determined off the value of what I you know, would deem the time that he spent with me, the times that he was there, the times that he assisted, the times that he helped. And I've also included every penny he contributed to my upbringing. Please find a check for the value of zero pounds and zero pence. All the best. And that's just because I'm antagonistic. I like to wind people up who deserve it. Um, and the reason they were looking for me is because he had no money, apparently, and he was going to have a pauper's burial, which is something that the council do. Um, if you haven't got the money or you haven't got family, then the council just throw you in a fire and then scatter your ashes in a bin. Something like that. All right. So obviously there's no service is what I'm trying to get at and you don't get a decent burial. It's just a whatever. But what I can't fathom out is his sister came looking. Where's she been? Where was she all these years? And why isn't she paying for his funeral? And apparently my grandfather at the time, I don't know if he still is, but he was, he was alive as well. So my dad's dad was still alive. Why hasn't he paid for the funeral? Absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, but what I don't understand is when I've told this story to people, they've told me that I'm wrong for not paying for the funeral um, because he was my dad. And that's their approach. It's like, yeah, you know, you only get one dad. And it's like, well, I didn't have him, did I? You know, I didn't have one. And people have got this warped perspective because they've got a father in their life. So they are telling me that I should have paid for the funeral because it was my dad. And that's what you should do. Whether we had a relationship or not, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. That's incorrect. I wouldn't have been created if it wasn't for him. But I don't want to think about that. You know, but the only reason I'm here is because my mum fed me, clothed me, nursed me, fed me. 
looked after me. You know what I mean? That was my mum. She was there. She's the one who had to go through everything and do it all herself. And if she popped her clogs and hadn't sorted her funeral arrangements out, I'd break the bank. You know, I'd pay everything because she's earned that. Of course, I'd pay for my mum's funeral, but not his because I've no idea who he is. I don't pay for strangers' funerals at the best of times. Why am I going to start now? But because of everybody else sort of saying, I should have paid, that's where my confusions kind of come in. You know, is it autism that as that lacks the empathy because I'm such a lateral thinker? You know, and it's all about the science. It's the yes and the no. It's the, there's no gray area, you know. Was a dad around? Did he do anything? Did he earn the right? No. Well, then he doesn't get anything. You know, and that's just the way it is. So I think the reason I'm saying it is because I'm wondering when I'm asking you is, am I missing something? Why can't I understand why other people think I should have paid for his funeral? Because I just can't think of one reason. You know, it's absolutely bonkers. And what gets me, and I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know where you're from, but, uh, you know, if you're from England, you'll remember a show called The Jeremy Kyle Show. And for those of you who don't know, it was basically a, a talk show where chavs and scumbags never knew who the father of their child were. And basically, or if it wasn't for that reason, it was people who cheated on someone else and always got found out with a lie detector. But then every now and again, there would be a show where there'd be someone crying and they'd be like, you know, the reason my life's terrible, it's because I never knew who my father was. It's why I take drugs. It's why I rob shops. You know, or there'd be a a girl crying saying, I can't get married until I find my father to walk me down the aisle. I've never met him. And then, you know, the nice music starts and Jeremy Kyle hits them with a surprise and there they are, you know, and they're sobbing the heart out and the life is now complete. I never, ever could get my head around that because I used to think, but you don't know who this person is. How can you blame someone you've never met for all your life's problems? Someone who was never there to impact it negatively. They might have impacted it positively if they were around, but... They weren't. You can't get negativity out of nothing. You know, and I just thought I could never get my head around that. Especially in England, because if people were on there and they were 40 years old or younger, you know, kind of around my age, there was nothing in England. There has been nothing in England in the past 40 years that has prevented a parent seeing their child. We're not talking about back in the day when a young girl would have had a baby and, you know, the nuns would have come and take, you know, took the child off her because it was born outside of wedlock. You know, that's back in the day. That's not in the last 40 years. You know, they weren't doing that in the 80s. It's as simple as that. So if your parent is not in your life and you're around 40 years old and you're in England, it's because they chose not to be. No one else. The legal system is in place for a parent to gain access to their child, whether the other parent wants it or not, so long as they're legal. So if they don't ever show up, if you don't ever get a letter through the door, or 
social media, if you're on Facebook, if you don't get that friend request, you know, there's millions of ways of doing it. If you don't get it, it's because they don't want to deal with it. I was never bothered because I can only be bothered about things I'm involved in. And um, I just, you know, like apparently my dad died of lung cancer. He was a smoker. And I think from the story, he had it for around four years. So he had four years knowing he had cancer. He would have had a period of time where he knew it was terminal, never reached out. You know, those people who knocked on my mum's door, they never knocked earlier to say, he's dying, he's got a few months left, he'd really love to meet his son. You know, and then that would have been my choice to make a decision of whether I just rock up and see this guy who I've never met. But it never happened. So this person who had nothing to do with me, never wanted anything to do with me, and even in his final days, still never saw the light. And I'd like to think that a dad would. Nothing to do with me, but they wanted me to pay for his funeral. Now, I think I've got the common sense that I'm correct in this scenario where there's no way you would pay this. But why can't I get this through to everyone else? Why do I, why do people make me feel like I'm bad for not paying his funeral? Or not even that, for not being bothered that he's dead. You know, there's a new neighbour just moved in. I've not met him. And if he died tomorrow, I wouldn't be bothered, would I? Because I don't know him. So what's the difference? No idea. You guys are awesome. And thank you for sitting in and listening. If you've made it this far and heard my entire story and heard me moan and try and quantify, spot on. I love you all. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I, what the reason I'm saying it, obviously, is to try to see whether I'm either just missing something. Maybe I'm too lateral thinking. Maybe it's the autism that causes that. If you believe that I should be on the other path where I should have paid and I should be bothered, let me know why. But please don't just say, because it was your dad, because that is not an argument. That's like when someone says, because it is, you know, that's not a response. I only work off common sense and logic and facts. If anyone's got the, uh, the answer as to why I should be bothered that I can consider, by all means, I've got a very open mind. I will listen. But otherwise, I'd, I don't think I'm wrong at all. My mum raised me. My mum's the one who did everything. My mum was the one who ended up ill. And my mum is the one who still gets me to phone her, you know, still have a chat with her, talk to her about whatever. She still comes to my house every now and again when COVID's not on, you know, take her for something to eat. That's my mum. She's been there. But anyway, thanks for watching. And uh, thanks for listening to my deeply personal story. And until next time, keep smiling.